as the snow flies. On a cold and gray Chicago morning, a poor little baby child is born in the ghetto. And his mama cries Cause if there's one thing that she don't need It's another hungry mouth feeding Well, people, don't you understand The child needs a happy hand He's gonna be an angry old man someday I Take a look at you and me Direct King's Court starts now. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. 
Good, good Thursday morning, St. Louis and all points, north, east, south, and west. Kevin Slayton with you as we welcome you in. This is the Window World, stl-cars.com, Kings Court, and we welcome you here into the show live. This is where you hear the live broadcast every morning, 7 to 9 Central Time, on kevinslaytonshow.com, where we bring you the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. You don't get that very often in this country anymore, anywhere, but you get it here every day. And that's our promise to you. We also promise to take your calls. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636-348-4460. 348-4460. Hope you're able to hear our maiden voyage in the sports show again at noon yesterday. It'll be again at noon today, right here on the website. And, of course, the podcast goes out like this one does on all of the platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, and any place else. And, of course, we have it here at KevinSlaytonShow.com. Today on our sports show, we will have Bob Burns, who is a former Missouri State representative. He will talk about the bill in front of the state Senate revolving sports gambling, revolving around sports gambling, and when it will be possible here in Missouri. Politicians get in the way. And so it will always take longer than it should. And we'll also replay our interview that we did a few years back with Coach Herman Boone of T.C. Williams High School from Alexandria, Virginia, the subject of the movie Remember the Titans. Coach Boone was played by Denzel Washington. He'll talk about Denzel Washington in that interview. But there will also be some sadness in that interview because it was the last interview we ever did. I did speak to him a couple of times after that. And the last time I called him, he was in the hospital, and his voice when he answered the phone just said, Coach Boone, or I said, Coach Boone, and he said, what's left of him? And he died a week later. He and his best friend, Coach Bill Yost, died nearly simultaneously. Coach Yost died the week that Coach Boone was in the hospital, and Coach Boone couldn't go to his funeral. But he talked about that on the phone with me, and uh, he's one of my favorite people, one of my favorite interviews. The interview took place, and I'll explain it more in the sports show, but it took place shortly after a shooting of a black man in North Carolina by a police officer who was running from the police officer. That was the one where the police officer was arrested, charged, and convicted. I mean, it was horrible. So Coach Boone talks about everything, including kids wearing their pants off their rear ends something that he doesn't like. I think you'll want to hear that. That'll be today on the sports show, the Monster Energy Drink, King's Court, right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com. That'll be at noon. Uh, This morning, there's a lot of talk around the country today about a number of issues, and it's been a bad, bad week for good old Joe Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden. Nothing's gone right for him or his corrupt regime this week. For a holiday week, it certainly is a bad one for him. In fact, the judge who issued the opinion on the 4th of July about the censorship 
overreach by Biden's regime, I think was sending a veiled message to Biden. Judges don't issue opinions on holidays. It just doesn't happen. But this judge did, and it happened to be a case involving the First Amendment's freedom of speech. And he just happened to send a very strong message to O'Biden, and some of the language in the opinion was probably some of the strongest I've ever seen in any opinion, anywhere, at any level. And we have to remind ourselves that he also singled out people by name. Saki, 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 the little black lesbian, and others. It's pretty sickening what they were trying to do. He wrote in the opinion, in part, during the COVID-19 pandemic, a period of perhaps best characterized by widespread doubt and uncertainty, the United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to an Orwellian ministry of truth. Wow. That's powerful. If the allegations made by plaintiffs prove to be true, the present case arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history. That's from the judge. The evidence produced thus far depicts an almost dystopian scenario. None of that is a compliment to Biden. As a result of that opinion, the judge issued, and by the way, this is an injunction that he issued, prohibiting the Biden regime from doing a number of things until the case is heard on appeal. Of course, they're appealing it. It'll go all the way to the Supreme Court. But Biden's not going to win. It'll be another loss. But in this opinion, Judge Doherty issued a string of prohibited activities on the part of the Biden administration regime. This is in relation to their conversations and contacts with social media groups, social media platforms. They're prohibited to meet with them, email them, flag them, call them, collaborate with them, threaten them, urge them to do anything, follow-ups issuing bolos for censored content with social media. I mean, this is a strong opinion for an injunction. And that judge left no doubt what he thought of the Biden regime's corrupt activities. We live in a country now where the Associated Press, on the 4th of July wrote this, the term patriot in America has become infused in political rhetoric and school curriculums with varying meanings while also being appropriated by white nationalist groups. Can you believe that? So the Associated Press, once a respected news organization, now considers the use of the term patriot to be associated with white nationalist groups. The term patriot. So are they the New England white nationalist group or are they the New England patriots? You can't tell any more of these people because they are whack jobs. They're whack jobian. Most massive attack on free speech in our country's history. That's what the judge called it. The New York Times saw it differently. We're so hopeful, so glad that they did. Breaking news, they wrote, a judge limited Biden's administration officials from contacting social media sites a ruling that could curtail efforts to fight disinformation. These media people are just nothing but willing 
pawns to the Biden regime. Fight disinformation? Who decides, by the way, what is and isn't disinformation? It's incredible. We know who decided. It was Biden. It was Saki. It was all those losers, all those corrupt criminals in Washington. They decided on their own. And by the way, they bragged about it. You're going to hear that this morning. They were bragging about their power and how they were going to use their power until the judge said, no, you're not. Now, that comes far too late for some people who went ahead and got that vaccine anyway. And if you got it, we pray for you that you survive it. But it didn't help you. And that's been proven by all of the medical evidence and all the testing subsequent to all the lies that Fauci and that gang told us and Biden told us. Every word out of their mouth regarding the vaccine turned out to be a lie. Every word out of their mouth regarding COVID turned out to be a lie. All of the fear stoking by the media people with the running tabulation of cases and deaths. That was my favorite. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I have a friend of mine whose physician dropped him as a patient because he wouldn't get the vaccination. Can you imagine a doctor like that? That doctor should have his license stripped of him. He should never be allowed to practice medicine again. When these doctors play God, that's when you know you've got problems. And that's a doctor playing God who obviously was so incompetent that he didn't realize what he was even doing when it came to the vaccine. That is nothing but a Stepford doctor. You point him in the direction, you tell him to march, and he marches. Doesn't matter if these vaccines have been tested or not. You'll hear from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. a little bit later on in the show, too, talking about his stand on vaccines. He has been labeled the anti-vaxxer by the liberal machine, by the liberal media, by the liberal politicians, by the Democrats. He's anything but that. But what he is, is a truth teller. And he told the truth about the vaccine regarding COVID. He told the truth when he said it hadn't been tested. And it hadn't been. No test ever took place. No controlled test ever took place with regarding to the effect on kids. And we found out after they were vaccinating five-year-olds and younger that it played no role in helping the children. None. Could hurt them, though. Probably will. We may not know about it for years, and then they'll blame it on something else. So that's all going to be a part of the show this morning. But this First Amendment violation and this smackdown that the court put on Biden and his regime of corrupt caballeros is earth-shattering. I mean, it's a bad week for Biden. You've got the cocaine problem at the White House. By the way, do you think we'll ever find out whose cocaine that was? Now, we know, because we're not stupid, and we can use our brain, we can use our common sense, we know that the Secret Service knows already whose cocaine it is. This isn't a mystifying whodunit. From what we're told, and you'll hear as we go along in the show, from people who've been there, from a former Secret Service agent, that cubby that they claim they found the cocaine in is not heavily trafficked, as the little black lesbian tried to claim it was. 
is not accessible to the public as the little black lesbian tried to claim it was. But in fact, people don't just throw their stuff in that cubby. They hand it over to the Secret Service and they then put it in the cubby. Interesting details left out by the little black lesbian. Think about it. Does anybody go to visit the White House on a tour and bring their cocaine stash with them and then hand it over to the Supreme or to the uh, Secret Service or try to sneak it into the White House? You got to be 100,000 times crazy to try that. Probably the most secure building in the country is the White House. So how did it get in there? If it wasn't Hunter Biden's stash, whose was it? Joe's? Maybe they use it to keep him alive when he goes out there to speak. But if it wasn't Hunter Biden's, it's a legitimate question. Whose was it? Hunter Biden's been living at the White House recently. All of a sudden, cocaine's found. In the history of the White House, cocaine has never been found in the White House until now. Coincidentally, and they will have you believe it's pure coincidence, Hunter Biden's living there. Oh, also coincidentally, Hunter Biden is a crackhead. Once an addict, always an addict. You might send it into remission, but you're still an addict. That's why people go to meetings. Now, the Secret Service is conducting this investigation. Where's the FBI? Where's the D.C. police? Where's the Capitol Police? Where are these people? That's what we'd like to know. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Now, Ari Fleischer, who hasn't been in the White House for a long time, was George W. Bush's communications director, you will hear him tell us that there were were no cameras in that location when he was in the White House, but we don't know if there are any more. If there aren't, it is probably the only place in the White House that doesn't have security cameras, and you have to ask yourself, why not? Is this an Epstein-like suicide where all of a sudden the cameras broke, coincidentally? A lot of coincidences occur in the Biden regime, and they want you to believe that that's what they are. They're just coincidence. I don't think I remember a president getting slapped around by court decisions more than Biden has in the past 10 days. I mean, he's been bludgeoned by all of the dictator-like behavior that he exhibited over the first year and a half, two and a half years of his regime. He thought he was a Nazi dictator. He's found out that even though the judiciary in this country is hopelessly political and, and corrupt in many areas, that the Supreme Court still had a morsel of dignity and smacked him around like a ragdoll. Again, the Democrats always go too far, and Biden thought he could do anything he wanted. He's proven that by all the corrupt activities he's taken part in. Pretty bizarre. So, if not Hunter, who? That's my question. And I think we know the answer. I don't think there's much doubt about the answer. So we'll see how that investigation from the Secret Service ends up. 
But if it's anything like the investigation that went into the Supreme Court leak of the Roe overturning, the Dobbs case, then we'll never find out who did it. Can you imagine we still don't have an answer? There were only about 70 people that it possibly could have been in the Dobbs case who could have leaked that opinion out. you got to figure that nine of them, the Supreme Court justices, none of them did it, so that knocks it down to about 60 people. And you can't find out who did it? Everything in the city of Washington, D.C. is leaked constantly, but nobody's going to rat out the person that leaked that? Well, I think we have our answer when we have, we have asked the question, is law enforcement on the side of the people or on the side of the corrupt politicians? Clearly, law enforcement is on the side of the corrupt politicians, at least the FBI, the Secret Service, and the D.C. Capitol Police. All of them are on the side of the government, not us. As I've always said, it will come down to where the military stands on it. I mean by that the military rank and file. So we know that this case, the cocaine case, the caper, will probably not be solved unless they decide they're going to make someone a scapegoat because Captain Cocaine will not be identified. I'll promise you that. The cocaine cowboy is off to Camp David for the weekend, and then he came home back to his White House, and we're talking about Hunter Biden here, without a care in the world. He knew that his cocaine had been found, and if it and if it was indeed his, it was already going to be covered up. Nice gig. Well, getting back to the censorship case, which I think is probably the most important case that the Supreme Court ruled on, because it is halting a creation of the Third Reich all over again. And at least someone has finally resisted other than Donald Trump. Jonathan Turley, the esteemed law professor at George Washington University, what did the judge have to find in order to issue this injunction? In order to issue an injunction, the court had to find that there was a substantial likelihood of prevailing on the merits. Well, what are the merits? The court said that the United States government has the largest censorship program in our history. And, you know, six months ago, I testified on that system before the House. And all of us that testified uh, for the further investigation of that system were attacked by the Democratic members. Can you believe that? So he went in to testify about the potential for this violation of the First Amendment, and the Democrats attacked him. By the way, keep in mind, Jonathan Turley did not vote for Donald Trump. He is not a Trump supporter. Amazing. And yet, everything he seems to testify about is anti-Biden. And that's because he's an honest person and is dedicated to the law And when he feels the need to and testifies, he's testifying under oath to the truth, following the law. It's just that Biden continually breaks the law. So when it comes down to it, it looks like Turley's anti-Biden, but he's not. Now, he might be by now, but he certainly wasn't during the election. But he should have expected the Democrats to come after him. They don't care if you're a Democrat or not. 
If you dare depart the party line, you're in deep trouble. They've made that clear over and over and over again. That's how Democrats operate. They're always backroom politicos. Nothing's ever done in light of day, although in the censorship case and in this cocaine case, they're awfully brazen about it now. Their behavior, the more they got away with, the more brazen and braggadocious they became. You'll hear them today actually bragging about the power they have. We can start with Vivek Murthy, who was the uh, White House doctor, and then the rest of them bragging about the power they had to censor what they decided was misinformation. The only way we get past misinformation is if we are careful about what we see and we use the power that we have to limit the spread of that misinformation. My hope is that Facebook, instead of taking it personally, that somehow I'm saying Facebook is killing people, that they would do something about the misinformation. Or depending on the social media giants to, to take down untruths and things of this sort. Hunter Biden, this laptop uh, that intelligence mm-hmm. officials have warned is likely Russian disinformation. Yeah, and you were all wrong on every one of those. And Joe Manchin in that video had a mask on. He was in the middle of the Capitol and he had a mask on, looking like an idiot. But how about Vivek Murphy, Murthy, who is the Surgeon General, saying that we have to use the power that we have? Talk about a, a, a Freudian slip. We're going to use the power that we have to stop you from giving your opinion about COVID. And how about Biden? Facebook's killing people. Facebook didn't kill a single person. You did. You murdered 13 servicemen for openers in Afghanistan. So by that definition, you're a serial killer. We have a serial killer in the White House. Not to mention all the other people who've died. Anyone who died from the vaccine mandate, that death is at the hands of Biden. So Facebook didn't kill anybody, but you killed a lot of people. I know that you can't top the murder number of Andrew Cuomo up there in New York Nobody would be able to top that. Most Ted Bundy couldn't come near that number. But you people belong in jail next to each other for life or the electric chair, whichever the case may be. But you're both serial killers. And you did it intentionally to gain more power. And the media played right along with it, man. Yes, sirree. Let's keep giving you that death count and that uh, case count. Look at all the people. It's a pandemic. And yet it never was. What a waste. Looking back, don't you feel like an idiot if you got a vaccine? Well, you really shouldn't feel like an idiot. I I should take that back. Don't you feel like you were betrayed? Because you were just doing what they told you was the case to save your life. Woo, save your life. Fortunately for me, and I mean very fortunately, I had good medical advice and was told not to take it. And the value of natural immunity was something that I thought was important. It's amazing what this country went through. It's amazing what this regime put this country through. It's amazing the part that the media played. The media was complicit in any death that's at the hands of Biden. The media is at least complicit, if not more so. They're the ones stirring the fear. When the old, demented old man said something, they just ran with it 
Never checked anything out. Some people did on Fox, nowhere else. Remember Saki and all the pressuring on social media to censor? The major platforms uh, have a responsibility uh, related to the health and safety of all Americans uh, to stop amplifying untrustworthy content, disinformation and misinformation, especially related to COVID-19, vaccinations and elections. They have to do more to reduce uh, the misinformation that's out there. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. It shouldn't come as any surprise that we're in regular touch with social media platforms. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? Well, Saki, guess what you're not doing anymore? You're not flagging anything anymore. You're not in regular touch with people like Facebook anymore because the judge just ordered you not to. So none of your corrupt regime can do any of the things that you bragged about doing. And she bragged about it. You heard it right there. We're flagging misinformation posts for Facebook. Who the hell are you? Who do these people think they are? My God, they're drunk with power. Until the judge smacked you around. Now, here's the problem. None of those people will suffer any consequences for that behavior. None of them. And as it went on, Saki didn't even try to hide their demands on social media. There are also proposed changes that we have made to social media platforms, including Facebook. Facebook should provide publicly and transparently data on the reach of COVID-19, uh, COVID vaccine misinformation, not just engagement, but the reach of the misinformation. There's about 12 people who are producing 65% of anti-vaccine misinformation on social media platforms. All of them remain active on Facebook, despite some even being banned on other platforms. It's important to take faster action against harmful posts. And Facebook needs to move more quickly to remove harmful, uh, uh, violative posts. She was she was bragging about her corrupt behavior. She just dripped with power coming out of her mouth, didn't she? And as any one of these White House communications directors will tell you, you are simply carrying out the orders of the president. So whatever they say, that's what the president told them to say. So that was all coming out of Biden and his band of lunatics and his dictators and his Nazis and the SS. The Gestapo was at work looking out for everybody. That's when they started spying on us all. You misinformation, and we decide what's misinformation. Remember when they were going to have a misinformation czar, that lunatic chick? And she was nuts. Remember she sang supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? She was nuts. They were going to put her in charge of a actually a cabinet-level position. The misinformation czar. That's right out of Nazi Germany, isn't it? I mean, think about it. Where would you hear of a title like that except Nazi Germany or Stalin's Russia? Ask, who's going to be the person who decides that? Well, we are. Our misinformation czar is. That went nowhere fast. And that should have been the indicator to this lunatic Biden that the courts were never going to rule in your favor on this. You were going to get sued. There was never any doubt about that. Missouri is one of the states that stepped forward and sued, along with Louisiana. 
Andrew Bailey is the sitting attorney general here in Missouri, and he is spearheading the legal work now. And when he first heard the decision from the judge on the 4th of July, he had a patriotic response. Uh, let freedom ring. What a great way to celebrate the founding of our nation, the 4th of July, with uh, this ruling to protect our First Amendment rights. And we're not going to stop fighting. We're going to keep pushing, and we'll take it all the way to the United States Supreme Court if we have to. Look, in a recent decision from Justice Neil Gorsuch on May 18th of 2023 in Arizona v. Mayorkas, he identified that this was likely going on, that there was likely censorship of voices, American voices, in violation of the First Amendment at the behest of the federal government on big tech social media corporations. And certainly that's what we've uncovered, and that's what the judge identified yesterday. He said we're likely to succeed on the merits based on 20,000 pages of records we've received from the federal government, numerous depositions, an amended complaint with more than 1,400 individual paragraphs with new allegations, facts, and law to support them up. And so we're not going to stop fighting to protect Americans' rights. Carpe diem. Andrew Bailey, the Attorney General. Taco Bell for you today, Mr. Attorney General. Taco Bell for many of the locally owned and operated locations right here in our region. Good for you. Get one of those breakfast burritos with bacon bits. Grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits. Only a buck. You won't even be spending much of our tax money if you run down and get it. But get it in Jeff City or get it in this local area here. Don't get it in Springfield, Illinois, which is one of the locally owned and operated Taco Bells. But you got that governor over there eating everything. If it's not nailed down, he's going to eat it. So a big taco for Andrew Bailey. We might even get him a double stuffed taco. That's only a buck, too, off the Dollar Crave menu. If he's hungry, we can get him a double chalupa in a box with two tacos and a soft drink. We'll only spend five bucks on that. Feast away, Mr. Attorney General, and continue to defeat Biden and his corrupt regime. Because that's what they're all about. I think I'm going to have to celebrate with Taco Bell myself. I think everybody should today. It's not Taco Tuesday, but it could be Taco Thursday. Who said it has to be Tuesday? Those soft-shell tacos at Taco Bell make my mouth water. Man, Chesterfield Valley. Oh, yeah, there's one right there. They're all over. They're in Missouri and Cape Girardeau, Jackson, Missouri. Union, St. Clair. In Illinois, they're in Springfield, the state capital, as we mentioned. Jerseyville, Columbia. They're all over the place. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bells, by the way. So have at it, Mr. Attorney General. Jay Bonacera is a doctor. He's with the Stanford University School of Medicine. He was part of the group of doctors that wrote a report that Biden sought to destroy because they didn't share the view that Biden shared. So they wanted to discredit Dr. Bhattacharya. This is a guy who's worked all of his life to achieve the kind of stature that he has in the medical community. And because he rightfully disagreed with Biden and his corrupt regime, he was not only censored, but he was discredited by those people who conspired with big tech We'll let him tell his story because he's happy today. 
it, it makes, basically restores my faith in America. Uh, the, the Biden administration um, and uh, the, the federal bureaucracy used its overwhelming power to, to essentially to say, here's what you can say and you can't say, working with social media. And uh, you asked me, like, what it did to me. You know, the power of the censorship is, is, they, is they don't actually just, they can't, like, fully stop me from talking. What they can do is they can put a you know misleading label on me or limit the extent of which people see my tweets or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the upshot is to undermine true things that I'm saying in the minds of the public. And that's what they did. They undermined the truth because he wasn't one of theirs. He dared to branch out. He dared to have his own views based on his own medical expertise. <laughs> Pretty amazing, isn't it? It's actually sickening. So that was not a that was not a fun time for him. They came after him. They came after his associates. And they tried to discredit him. And that's sad. And he's part of the lawsuit, by the way. Which is spectacular. How good would you feel if you were in his shoes today, honestly? That has to make you feel like a million dollars. Finally, we he, like he said, it restores his faith in America because... The truth is, the judiciary has not exactly been a bastion of fair play. It just hasn't been. Remember, it was Dr. Bhattacharya who, with Martin Koldorf and Sunetra Gupta, who co-authored the Great Barrington Declaration. That was the thing that the document that advocated lifting the COVID restrictions on all of the lower risk groups, and they wanted to develop hard immunity through infection. It's unbelievable. And what did they do? They tried to destroy the credibility of the Great Barrington Declaration. And I'm sure they succeeded in the minds of some people. It's pretty amazing. John Ratcliffe, what about these cases? These are stunning rebukes to Biden. This was a stunning uh, rebuke, but also uh, an appropriate one. And I will tell you, my take is that um, this is going to hold up on appeal. Uh, because everything that the plaintiffs in this case uh, allege has been proven largely to be true. So, you know, when you think about uh, with respect to to uh, uh, COVID-19, everything from the origins, uh, lab leak, uh, the efficacy of certain treatments, the transmissibility. I mean, you just heard President you know, Biden talking about, uh, you know, uh, pandemic of the unvaccinated, all of that. Uh, was frankly wrong, and yet um, Americans' ability to engage in honest debate about it was was suppressed. It was suppressed. Imagine this country suppressing just honest debate. Dr. Bhattacharya, honest debate. I agree with John Ratcliffe. It is going to hold up on appeal. It's loaded with evidence. The evidence is overwhelming, as the judge wrote in his opinion. And yet the Democrats say, well, there's just no evidence of it. What's wrong with you people? 
It's just unbelievable. Evidence is everywhere. Same with the election fraud. Evidence is everywhere. Crazy stuff. And this will hold up. It will hold up on appeal. I haven't been wrong yet on these cases, on all these Biden things, because they're just too obvious and they're too easy to predict. It's unbelievable that they actually thought they could get away with these things. But, you know, the damage was done to some of these people. I would imagine that Dr. Bhattacharya can get his reputation back. But where do you go to get your reputation back after a government has illegally slandered and libeled you? I don't know where you go. Vivek Ramaswamy had issued a legal opinion on this uh, censorship case a year or two ago. What did this ruling mean? It turns out if they're turning private companies into their pawns to be able to censor speech that's protected by the First Amendment, then that's still bound by the Constitution as well. This is the first landmark case in which a federal judge has come down on the side of that legal theory that I advanced two years ago, over two and a half years ago, actually. And at that point, I think this is a major milestone for the protection of First Amendment freedoms of every American, because the most dangerous First Amendment threat is not even the one that comes directly from the government, but one that comes from the government and is disguised to make you think that it was coming from a private company. And that's the truth. That's what was going on here. This threat was disguised to make you think it was coming from the social media platforms, but the orders were given by the government. Zuckerberg has admitted that the FBI came and talked to him. Christopher Ray, the lying, conniving weasel in charge of the FBI, has denied that they've spoken to him. I mean, this guy will lie about anything. What benefit is it to Zuckerberg to lie about whether the FBI came and essentially threatened them? Warn them of another dump of, inf- of misinformation. And of course, that was the Hunter, Hunter Biden laptop. Now, yesterday was a field day at the press briefing of the White House because the little black lesbian, Karine Jean-Pierre, really showed the world how far in over her head she is. And it's gotten to the point now where the, even these reporters that she could count on, some of the other, not, not the big left-wing networks, but the other ones who nary a discouraging word, are now firing questions at her that are legitimate. And then she gets a question that she didn't answer. She simply repeats a question that wasn't asked. Do I have to have a response to the judge basically saying that this is the most massive attack on free speech in the U.S. history? If you're asking me if we agree or disagree, we certainly disagree uh, with this decision. We are going to continue to promote responsible actions to protect uh, public health safety and uh, security. Our view remains that uh, social media platforms have a critical responsibility to take action uh, or to to take account of the effects of their platforms are having to the American people. What? Anybody know what she said? Or having to the American people. She's essentially in code there speaking to these social media platforms again saying, you better do what we tell you because we're still going to do this. But the question was, what is your reaction to the judge calling it the most massive First Amendment violation in our nation's history? And then she said, if you're asking if I agree or disagree, no, that's not what she asked. She asked what your reaction was to the judge's opinion that it's the most massive corrupt act in regarding the First Amendment in our nation's history. That's what she asked. 
and leave it to the media on mo- in most circles defending the censorship that the White House was trying to put around on all of this country, on you, on me. The media thinks that's perfectly fine. Government has to have the right to have its own free speech to push back when they see things on social media that they think are dangerous. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do is to micromanage, really, the day-to-day interactions between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. It's not as though the FBI has been going in and saying, hey, take down this post, hey, take down this post. That's what they're alleging, but there's just not a lot of evidence to support that. <laughs> the judge said the evidence was overwhelming. Overwhelming. And how about the first guy? Well, this means the White House can't respond to anything that they think is misinformation. Says who? They can respond all day. Nobody's stopping them from talking. Nobody's banning the White House from being on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, wherever they want to go. Republicans don't do that. Conservatives don't do that. We believe in the Bill of Rights. Democrats don't believe in it. Democrats trample over it every chance they can. And then they even go further until the courts come in and say, enough. And they lose every court case. I mean, where do you come up with that kind of nonsense? So when it comes to the censorship, Ari Fleischer, who I said earlier was the um, spokesperson for the White House under George W. Bush, has had a lot of experience walking through that area where the cubbyhole is, where they found the cocaine, and here was his take on it. That little cubby that they're now saying where it was found is right on the left as you walk in the West Wing lobby. There's a little cubby right there. Usually, though, it's manned by a Secret Service Uniform Division officer. And so when you go in and you hand your phone, you hand your possessions to them, you don't put it in the cubby yourself. You give it to the Secret Service. So I cannot imagine a Secret Service Uniform Division officer being handed a bag of cocaine for him to store on the little cubby. Here you go. Here's my Coke. And Fleischer said that it was his experience when he was there that there weren't any cameras around that cubby. Don't know if there are now. But no one knows the ins and outs of the White House better than the Secret Service does. They should have this thing already solved. Of course, anytime the government is involved with an investigation, I don't trust it. But you got to believe there are security cameras all over that house. And not only that, they do sweeps all the time. They're now apparently testing fingerprints and comparing cell phones and this type of thing where they can cross-reference. All you have to do is look at the videos of who came and who went. They've got uh, logs where people sign in. And you'll have your field of potential cokeheads. And then when I think you break it all the way down, you'll come up with one. And that'll be fairly simple. One reporter asked Karine Jean-Pierre, are they going to have drug tests? Will any White House staffer be undergoing drug testing as part of this investigation? White House is subject uh, to rigorous guidelines that include drug testing. And uh, so we will take any action uh, is that is appropriate and warranted pending the outcome of the Secret Service. Just not going to get into hypotheticals from here. Just not going to get into hypotheticals from here? She always says from here, why? I want her to stop that. 
She needs to stop that. It's killing me. It's the dumbest thing, most arrogant thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it's really arrogant. (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? So, yeah, there'll be drug tests, I guess, right? Sure there will be. Well, the media was pounding her yesterday with one recurring question, and that's this one. And this was good. It was really good on the part of the media to actually ask this. If Joe Biden will push for the prosecution of the person whose cocaine this is. The reason that's an important question is because we all suspect it's Hunter Biden's cocaine. So if Biden says, no, he won't push for prosecution, then we know it's Hunter Biden. But here's the problem. Biden says nothing, and she says nothing from here. So when you remain silent on something like this, once again, you're guilty. If there was a cocaine bag found in the Trump White House, I guarantee you Trump would have a news conference saying, we're going to catch the SOB, and when we do, we're going to prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law. And yet Biden's silent on the entire issue. Why? Because it's Hunter. That's why. So what do you say, little Karine Jean-Pierre, you little black lesbian? Are you going to prosecute? Does Biden want to prosecute? So what's preventing a visitor from bringing in anthrax or something that's not magnetic into the White House? No, look, Lisa, I totally understand the question, but it is under investigation. Does the White House support the prosecution of this individual? I'm just not going to get into hypotheticals from here. Would the president be satisfied with, sir, this is a busy room and... We found some cocaine. We don't know who brought it. So let's see what the Secret Service says, right? How determined is the president to get to the bottom who brought illegal drugs into the White House? The president thinks this is incredibly important to get to the bottom of this. He thinks it's incredibly important. She always uses that word, too. He thinks it's incredibly important. Not just important. Well, if he thinks it's so important, why doesn't he say so? Why doesn't he condemn this? This is against the law. Depending on how much it was, it's a felony. And remember, there was once a time, back in 1971, when Wuhan Willie Biden was actually anti-drugs. I guess that was before Hunter started his crack habit. And now, of course, I'm sure Joe's in favor of cokeheads getting off easy. But at one point, he demanded that if you had a co- piece of crack cocaine the size of a quarter, you're going to jail for five years. And then he acted like a tough guy strutting around the Senate floor. If you have a piece of crack cocaine no bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand. You're caught with that. You go to jail for five years. You get no probation. You get nothing other than five years in jail. Judge doesn't have a choice. Boy, he loved himself. He's a tough guy. Five years in jail, the judge doesn't have a choice. Well, will that be applied to your son? Because we already have the evidence that he's a cokehead and that he had plenty of it with him in those hotel rooms. Why isn't he getting five years for every little quarter-sized piece of crack cocaine that he had with him in those hotel rooms on his laptop? Tough guy. 
Joe Biden is the most full of shit person ever ever created in this earth. I swear to God, he's just full of crap. He is a pathological liar. So is his wife. So are his children. Everybody associated with that guy is a pathological liar. And it gets old. And then he sends that little black lesbian out to tell his lies over and over. And here she was. How many times does she say that that area was heavily traveled? But it's not heavily traveled. I told you at the beginning of the show, it's not accessible to the public at all. Only guests and people with hard security clearances can get in that area. Where uh, where this was discovered uh, is a heavily traveled area where many White House uh, West Wing, I should be even more specific, uh, West Wing visitors uh, come through uh, this particular area. When people visit the West Wing, uh, there is uh, an air, there is the area of the West Wing where uh, it is highly uh, traveled, uh, and that is what happens. People- People come through this particular area. It's highly traveled. I'm just not going to get into specifics. We do have uh, West Wing tours that, that occur here uh, on campus. Uh, they happen in this particular past uh, couple of days. They happen on Friday. They happen on Saturday uh, and Sunday. What a liar. How many times do you say heavily, heavily traveled, heavily traveled, heavily traveled, heavily traveled? Spencer Brown is a reporter who's covered the White House. Is that area heavily traveled? The way Karine Jean-Pierre was talking about this, it sounds like it's Grand Central Station or something like that, where there's just people from the street wandering through. You know, this isn't the White House of the 1800s where the public could just get in there. It's not an easy place to get into, and for good reason. Uh, and I think maybe it's unsurprising that the man who hasn't seen that concern about fentanyl flowing across the U.S.-Mexico border is unconcerned with how cocaine is getting into his White House. It sort of makes sense there. Uh, but I think it is very interesting that just sort of from the word go today, the White House and everyone who's talking to the press anonymously is a source familiar with this investigation, which is kind of saying, you know, the timeline is fuzzy. We don't really know who it was. We're not that concerned. We won't prosecute them. It is. It's incredible, isn't it? Biden never demanded a full out investigation into the leaker of the Supreme Court case and the Dobbs case in the opinion. He's not going to demand a full out investigation into the cocaine caper because he knows who it is and he doesn't want to prosecute his own son. So they'll go out and lie to you. Hey, this could have been anybody. As if just anybody gets access to the West Wing of the White House. Can you believe that? How dumb do they think we are? That's the real question here. Biden insults all of us all the time with his lies because they're so preposterous that only a complete and utter buffoon would believe anything he says. Bobby McDonald is a former Secret Service agent. Is this where the public comes into the White House, where this little cubby is? The public tours use the entrance at the east side of the White House. This would be more for specialized tours for people who are bringing guests uh, in, and the people who would be giving the tours are hard pass holders. So they are known people who work in and around the White House who have a regular hard pass. Uh, The idea that this may have been in the cubby for several days uh, just doesn't hold water for me. It doesn't hold water for anybody. Thank you, Bobby McDonald. Thank you, Spencer Brown, for telling us that Karine Jean-Pierre is lying her ass off. The heavily traveled area. This is heavily traveled. Did I say it was heavily traveled? There's a lot of traffic here. It's heavily traveled. No, it's not. In fact, you have to have a hard pass, as you just heard, to get in there. That means people that are known. Only people that are known are coming through that area. I couldn't get in there.
Heavily traveled. Miss Heavily Traveled. By the way, she found a new word yesterday, and she thought she'd give that a run for its money. See if you can decide which word this is. As you know, this is under the purview of the Secret Service. It is under investigation by the Secret Service. This is in their purview. This is under the purview of the Secret Service, so it lives uh, in in um, in their purview. Let them do their investigation. Again, this is under their purview. We're not assisting in anything. This is under the Secret Service purview. Did you get the word? <laughs> it's under the Secret Service purview. So she got a new word yesterday. She learned a new word. She thought she'd take it out for a spin and then just kept driving. The weather was nice. The top was down. Let's keep taking it out for a spin. Drive all around Washington. Let's purview everybody. It's under the purview of the Secret Service. God, that woman lies. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Hey, Kevin. Good morning. I apologize for calling twice this week. Oh, that's hey, all right. I just wanted to shed, I, I just wanted to shed some light on, on uh, for the young listeners and for the older ones who may not know this. Uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, heroin was on its way out. Heroin PCP was on its way out. And guess what was coming in? Crack. Well, at that time, who had the biggest problem with crack? Well, it was the black folks. The reason I know that, it's in the north side, up in the 6th District. Now, who did Joe, without naming names, who did he target just simply because of their drug of choice? Black people. There we go. And just in case people didn't know that, not my opinion, that's a fact. It is a fact. It's always been a fact. And that's who he was talking about on the Senate floor in 1971. He was talking about arresting black people. That's what he's done all his life is gone after black people. Yes, yes. So for anybody, for any moment, there's so many things that say to me, that, that say to me as, as a person that pays attention to facts and details, Joe Biden was born a racist. He was taught to be a racist by his racist daddy. And he is a racist even to this day. He has demonstrated yes. that on so many occasions it's impossible to miss. Yes. But but those com- those comments on the floor of the Senate, they don't apply now because little Hunter Boy is a crackhead addict, worse than any black guy in any drug house in America. His son's one of the worst. Oh, absolute. And, and Kevin, I don't know if anybody has purchased a gun recently, but most of the gun dealers, when you buy a gun, they have like this little mouse pad sitting on their on their glass cabinets or they have posters throughout there. It clearly states on that form that you fill out, if you lie on that form, I'm buying a gun. Well, I'm buying it for me. No, I'm not, not really. I'm buying it for Kevin Slayton. I'm sorry, I just thought I'd do my best, Joe Biden. It clearly states on this form, Kevin, if you lie on this form, it's 10 years in prison. Clearly states. It, 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 you know. And not only that, but usually who you're buying the weapon from tells you also, hey, don't lie on here, 10-year prison sentence. Well, he gave, he wanted to give you a five-year sentence for a quarter-sized piece of crack cocaine, and he wouldn't, the judge wouldn't have any discretion. That was Biden, the tough guy. Now what's he say about that? I notice he hasn't referred to that. Um, as we sit here and watch him squirm, not commenting at all on the cocaine caper, any president worth a damn would have already come forward and said, hey, here's the deal. We're going to find out who did it. It's a disgrace to the White House. Uh, we're going to tighten security. It's not going to happen again, and we're going to find him. We're going to catch him, and they're going to jail. Well, but, yeah, and, and, but you don't want to say look, that about your son. 
Hey, look, I feel sorry for anybody that has a substance abuse problem. I, I Kevin, I have a problem. Mine's called food. Okay, that is my legal drug of choice. Uh, I, I fight it and I battle it daily. Okay, my stuff's legal. I don't have to rob or or anything else to get food. I can buy it. Uh, and I feel sorry for an addict. But you know what? Uh, for 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 uh, the head of lettuce up there. To do the stuff he does, I just, he, he's just, uh, I don't know. But anyway, I thought I'd shed some light on, on, on the uh, the listeners on why he did what he did because he targeted black people without even tell, without even saying it. Well, and then he does say it too. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, Kevin, the sports show was outstanding yesterday. Uh, I, I usually work uh, a, a lot of hours a day, and you are making my uh, first eight hours in the morning very enjoyable by the four hours you're on the air. So thank you. Well, we appreciate that, Dave. Thank you so much. Appreciate you listening. Spread the good word. We're going to have uh, Herman Boone on today, so you'll love hearing that interview. Absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, this is uh, th- this this case is going to not go away. I don't think the media is going to let this one go away because m- most everybody believes it's Hunter Biden. And this is a clear cover-up. If the Secret Service and whoever else investigates this doesn't come back with a name, then everybody knows it's Hunter Biden. You can't, you can't deny that. You can't even try to get away from that. In the entire history of the White House, there's never been a cocaine stash discovered until now. Like I said at the top of the show, they want you to think all of these things are pure coincidence. It only happens under Biden, but it's pure coincidence. How are they going to spin that? They're going to have to get away from it because I don't think the media will let this one go. It's a slap in their face if they do. He's just giving them the slap down right now. Why would she get up there, the little black lesbian, and say we have no comment from here? Your comment is simple. We don't know who did it, but we're investigating. We're going to find out, and then we're going to prosecute them. No, my son wasn't involved. That's it. But he doesn't say that. That's a pretty simple response, isn't it? Of course it is. But we don't hear that coming out of the White House. And we don't hear it because he knows it's a lie if he said it. Very strange. But this happens with all these incidents. All of a sudden, Biden has no comment on things that anybody else would jump forward and not only denounce it, but, hey, my son didn't have anything to do with it. But since we don't hear that, we're left to draw our own conclusions. And it doesn't take a leap, a giant leap, from where we are to Hunter did it. When you're dealing with a crackhead addict, and he was a big-time addict, It's hard to imagine that he would have stopped given the access he has to illegal drugs. And since cocaine shows up at the very White House that he's staying at, that leap becomes very small. It's kind of a hop. So I hopped from here to there, and I determined in my own head, using my own logic-deducing capabilities, that it was him.
and CNN thought it was all funny. I would like to know, blow by blow, who was responsible for this? <laughs> too soon. There's no too soon. On this. Too soon? No one was injured, as far as I we know. And it's an illicit drug at the White House. Mm-hmm. Why can't you actually have a bit of fun with it? Why can't you have a little bit of fun with it? Let me tell you why, you airheaded blonde bimbo. Because people lose their lives by overusing it and abusing it. They can't get off of it. That's why it's not funny, you stupid son of a bitch. You think that's funny? That fat pig who was saying, uh, you know, I wanted to blow by blow a cow. She's about 500 pounds overweight. Why don't you go lose some weight? That's really funny. Somebody who's addicted to cocaine in CNN's mind is worth joking about. I don't care who it is. If it isn't Hunter Biden, then it's somebody else who has a problem. And they think that's funny. That network should ever get all the people out and then burn it to the ground. Just get rid of the whole building because it is filled with stench and always has been. I know Ted Turner was a liberal, but I can't believe Ted Turner was a psychotic liberal like these people. And they've destroyed what he built decades ago. He did not build the network to be the whipping boy, the bitch of a political party. He built the network to cover news 24 hours a day. And that's what they did. In the first Gulf War, it was CNN that was over there. When they were reputable, Bernard Shaw was their big name. They were a reputable news organization. They haven't been for a long time because they decided to go down the route and the road of becoming a PR extension arm for the Democrat Party. And now they think having a cocaine addiction is funny. How about the one gal, the blonde bimbo? No one got hurt. How does she know no one got hurt? I can promise you this. Whoever's cocaine that is, is hurting. You're not a cocaine addict unless you hurt in some way. And the people around them are probably hurting. But this dumb bitch is sitting there, "Uh, nobody got hurt. (laughs) I think you got hurt when somebody dropped you on your head when you were a baby. Irreversibly hurt. It's unbelievable. And then we've got the bigotry and the racism from the black community. We've got Stephen A. Smith, the chief racist from ESPN, who somehow survived the purges over at ESPN with all of the people getting fired. But his contract's too big. That's why they won't fire him, is my guess. But this bigot decided he would go on and talk about a Supreme Court case, <laughs> the admissions case, where the universities such as Harvard, and I'll, I'll background you quickly on it in case you forgot, were using race as the overwhelming yardstick for allowing admission. So if you were black or Hispanic you didn't have to have the grades that a white or an Asian person must have or an Indian. So affirmative action, which wasn't meant to do that, was being abused and hijacked by the Harvards of the world. Stephen A. Smith says, well, so? That's okay because you white people have been keeping us down. Here's where I get ticked off. I get ticked off that white America gets to sit back and act like 
they're innocent in all of the things that have been transpiring to the point where it ignited their furor to such a degree that they felt the need to oppose such things. The iniquities that have taken place in this country against minority communities, who exacted that? Who displayed that? Who exercised those actions? Who were the instigators and perpetrators of all of that? Who was that exactly? Wasn't that white America? I think it was. That's what ESPN puts on its air and disguises it as sports. Do you wonder why people are getting laid off at ESPN left and right? Because no one watches ESPN. Unless there's a live sporting event, no one watches their content. No one. You have an unabashed bigot like Stephen A. Smith who hates white people but sucks up to white people like nobody you've ever seen. He is the ultimate Uncle Tom. He's a despicable human being who is so flippin' arrogant. Notice how he'll try to throw some big words into his comments all the time and they don't make sense. They don't fit. You white people, that's who. He is what ticks me off. What an unabashed, bigoted, racist clown he is. And any network that would employ him espouses racism as their brand. That's the same network that had Jamel Hill. She got bounced for her political nonsense. This is why, despite all of the progress this country made through the 250-plus years we've been around, we will never, ever get away from race issues because of people like Stephen A. Smith getting a platform to yell and scream his bigotry and his hatred for white people. Because of liberals, we'll never get away from it. Because of people like Obama, a mulatto who stirred the racial pot to get elected, then stirred it more to try to change the culture. With those kinds of dangerous people around and the sycophants who kiss up to them, we'll never get past the racial issues. Most of us know that there are no racial issues. It's only people like Stephen A. Smith who want to stir them up. Steve Smith, I'm sorry. I don't call him by his Stephen A. Smith. Stevie Smith. He thinks that makes him important. You know, that people with an initial, they always think that makes them important. So my middle name is Michael. Should I go by Michael and call myself K. Michael Slayton? People like that really believe themselves to be important. And why this Will Kane would give this clown an audience is beyond me. But he had him on, on Fox. Larry Elder, who's running for president as a Republican, is speaking about the liberals' constant whining about gun control while pointing out what the liberals never want you to know and will never tell you. What you won't hear uh, any of them talk about is the breakdown of the nuclear intact family. Uh, it is a sad fact that nearly half of the homicide victims uh, and, and killers uh, in this country are black. 
It's also true that 70% of black kids enter the world without a father uh, in the home married to the mother. And the stats show when that happens, you're five times more likely to be poor uh, and commit crime, 20 times more likely to end up in jail. They don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about more gun control laws. Well, we have a Second Amendment, which gives us the right to keep and bear arms. What they don't want to talk about is how often Americans use guns to defend themselves. On the high end, as many as 2.5 million Americans use guns to defend themselves. The CDC one time had that on their website, but the gun control groups were, were screaming, so they took it off. The CDC cowers in their own shadow, don't they? Carpe diem, Larry Elder. So true. They'll never talk about that. These liberals don't want you to know that the direct result of a lot of poverty and crime is no father in the family. That's a fact. Larry Elder points it out to you. It's a fact. You're more likely to end up in jail when you've been raised in a home without a father. But they don't want you to know that because they want you to scream and yell about gun control like they always do. Everything's pointing to mental illness in the uh, Philadelphia shooting case over the weekend. And of course it would be. This was one of these transvestite whack jobs or whatever they call them, transgender whack jobs. Of course they have problems. Probably encouraged by their school teacher. We're getting closer to the Republican and Democratic debates. President Trump has a gigantic lead over DeSantis and the rest of them. He has hinted that he will not attend the debates. And I, even though I'd love to see him go and destroy Chris Christie, because that would be my favorite thing, if Christie even gets into the debate. Mike Huckabee, the former Arkansas governor, says President Trump doesn't need media help, and he doesn't need these debates. He's in a position he can do his own events. So uh, that's a space that he has all by himself. The big question, will he show up for the debates in August? And I'm not sure he will. I'm not sure he needs to. There's no point if all he's going to be is the punching bag for the other people who qualify. And we know that's what what it would be. All that would be is Chris Christie mouthing off, interrupting everybody to spew some lie about President Trump. He's been doing it ever since he claimed to be running for president. He's not running for president. He's running to hurt one man, Donald Trump. Chris Christie's one of the great turncoats in American history. He's been a traitor his whole life. He belongs in jail for what he did with the bridge scandal up there in New Jersey. How bad of a governor do you have to be that you leave office with a 6% favorable rating? I mean, truthfully, you almost have to try to be bad. And Chris Christie achieved that. So he just wants headlines. I guess he's going to write another book or something, maybe. There's no other reason for him to be in this race other than his pure hatred for President Trump, who refused to give him a cabinet post that Christie begged for, who now runs around claiming he was offered the cabinet post, but somehow turned it down. Gotcha. Jared Kushner's book points it out. I've mentioned it several times. Breaking History is the name of the book. Details the words in the meeting. Jared Kushner kept notes on the meeting where Christie desperately wanted to be chief of staff after he wanted to be attorney general and told President Trump that he was ill-served by his chiefs of staff and that he, Chris Christie, 
could take over and control and solve all the issues? Trump said no. And ever since then, Christie has been on a personal demolition tour to try to destroy the president. Ain't going to work. And then he arrogantly proclaims that he is there to stop Trump. The only person that can stop Trump is a person who gets more legitimate votes than he does, and that will not be Chris Christie. That is a fact. The president was in a small town in South Carolina over the weekend. Lindsey Graham appeared with him. Now, Lindsey Graham, of course, parted ways with the president on the January 6th issue and a couple of other things, but then again aligns himself with President Trump when it's politically beneficial to Lindsey Graham. Well, the people that were at the rally understood that, and when Lindsey Graham was introduced, here's what you got. Thank you all for coming. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you can make mistakes on occasion. Even Lindsey down here, Senator Lindsey Graham. We love Senator Graham. We're going to love him. We're going to love him. I know. It's half and half. But when I need some of those liberal votes, he's always there to help me get them, okay? We got some pretty liberal people, but he's good. He's, he's, he's there. He's there when you need him. <laughs> well, so Trump tried to rebuild his image in front of the local fans. That's where Graham's from. But that didn't sit well with Willie Geist, probably the most inept person on television. This guy is milk toast to the core, jellyfish spine, and obviously hates Donald Trump. But why would he lie like this? You just heard Trump trying to rehab Lindsey Graham in front of the South Carolina folks, telling him that he's great, telling him that he helps get, get swing votes, in fact, liberal votes. But Willie Geist wants to lie to you and paint another picture. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham in his home state, booed mercilessly over the weekend by a crowd of Republicans with Donald Trump there doing very little to defend him, instead goading his supporters into booing Senator Graham even more. He goaded them to boo him even more? Did you hear that? I didn't hear that. I heard Trump say, hey, Lindsey's okay. He's a good guy. He's going to help me. I didn't hear him goad the crowd into booing him some more. This is how blatantly these people lie. Now, everybody listening to the show right now heard that. You heard what Trump said. Did anybody get the feeling that he was goading the crowd into booing Lindsey Graham some more? Only Willie Geis got that impression. And Willie wouldn't stop there either. It's almost hard to watch at this point to a man who just subjects himself again and again and again to this humiliation and to defend Donald Trump. And that's what he gets in return for. Remember, he went out for a brief moment on January 6th and said, I'm done with Donald Trump. Bumps into some people at the airport in Washington who call him traitors and he immediately flips. He's been on TV in the last few months literally weeping for people to give money to Donald Trump's campaign. And this is what he gets in return. This is what he gets in return. He got an endorsement in return. By the way, I didn't see Lindsey Graham crying on TV. Maybe he did and I missed it, but I didn't see it. Willie, next time you name yourself Willie or whoever named you Willie, ask them to to, uh, to spell your name correctly. W-I-L-Y is a little bit of a soft Willie, right? 
That's not a real Willie. Willie Geist, whose daddy got him the job. But he couldn't resist then leading Claire McCaskill, probably the dumbest woman around other than Nicole Wallace, into saying bad things about Trump and her poor little friend, Lindsey Graham. Listen to this disgusting woman lecture Lindsey Graham. Yeah, I don't think humiliation is a strong enough word. But the humiliation here is not what the crowd did. It's what Donald Trump did. He treated him like he was a piece of dirt under his shoe. And I've got a real shot to Lindsay. Lindsay, it's not working. You cannot put aside your convictions and your character to support this man. It will not work. He knows this guy is trouble for the United States of America. And another place he split with Trump is over Ukraine. So, Lindsay, find yourself in this moment. Use this as a teaching moment. You need to be Lindsay, not some embarrassing sycophant that has attached yourself like a leech to the side of this man. I would say to the backside of this man. Ooh, she's a tough one, isn't she? Was she talking about herself? I could have sworn she was. I think she was. When she said... You're a leech. You've attached yourself to this the side of this man. That's you attaching yourself to Biden. That's what you did. Lindsay, be Lindsay. Take this as a teaching moment. Isn't it great to get a lecture from Claire McCaskill? One of the biggest buffoons to ever run for an office? Humiliation isn't strong enough. Donald Trump humiliated him. Lindsay, it's not going to work. It's not working. Well, it did work, actually, Claire, little girl. Guess what? Lindsay got reelected. Trump endorsed him. He got reelected. Close call, but he got reelected. Trump put him over the hump. Did you get reelected? You're out. Josh Hawley beat your ass. Your backside. I'll tell you what doesn't work. Claire, it doesn't work when you lie to the people of Missouri, tell them that you're going out on a bus to all of your campaign stops, but you wouldn't dare think of chartering a plane, and then you're chartering your plane everywhere. And then hopping on the bus when you landed so that you would look like you were being a bus on a bus tour. That's what doesn't work. So I would say that Lindsey Graham getting reelected in a tight race, proved that being associated with President Trump does work. And it is working for him. (laughs) I mean, how stupid are you? You're the one who lost your election. He didn't. (laughs) That's pretty incredible. He's been a senator, well, he was a member of the House first, but he's been a a congressman in one form or another in Washington since 1993. That's 30 years. How long did you last, Claire? I don't think you lasted that long, did you? 
She embarrasses the state of Missouri every time she opens her uninformed, illiterate mouth. And she's crass and she's disgusting. Maybe something different if she, if she was easy on the eyes, but she's not that either. In fact, she makes you want to poke your eyes out for looking. But that's how Democrats treat people, Willie Geist, Claire McCaskill. And that's how they treat Robert F. Kennedy Jr. too. They put out the word that he is an anti-vaccine guy when he's not because they know that vaccines work in a lot, for a lot of diseases throughout our history. And he's had enough of it. Oh, I don't know. I think most people don't know what my stance is on vaccines. I've never been anti-vaccine. And I've said that hundreds and hundreds of times, but it doesn't matter. Um, because that is a way of silencing me, using that pejorative to describe me as a way of silencing or marginalizing me. Um, my position on vaccines, I think, is it, I think virtually every American would agree with my stance on vaccines, which is that vaccines should be tested like other medicines. They should be safety tested. And unfortunately, vaccines are not safety tested. That's a pretty reasonable stance, wouldn't it be? I agree with it. I agree with that all vaccines should be tested, just like all medicines should be tested. That's his stance. And as he said, he could say it 100,000 times, but it wouldn't matter because the media gets a hold of it, and that's how they silence him. I've never seen a group of people like the liberal media who are so shamelessly perverted in what they do. It's disgusting. It really is. And now Biden has dispatched Janet Yellen over to China shortly after Blinken went there. And all we ever tell China is, hey, you know, just please don't be mean to us. Christopher Whiten is a veteran of the State Department. He can't believe how we're treating China. No, it's a terrible time to be doing it. And you have to wonder what the administration's strategy really is, because it looks a lot like appeasement. I mean, what is on the table? Why do they keep going over there? They say things like they want guardrails on the relationship. They want a floor beneath which our our relations with China cannot fall. And that looks a lot to the Chinese and the rest of the world, like China can get away with anything and not face a consequence. We'll still be welcomed, uh, not only is Yellen going over, of course, the Secretary of State just went over, and they're trying to set up a meeting with uh, the president and Xi Jinping. Uh, it's just diplomacy for the dis- sake of diplomacy. It's mistaking meetings for actual achievements. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. As Neville Chamberlain found out, appeasement never works, never. Not with a bully, and China is a bully. We've identified the despicable human side of Biden and his family of criminals in all of their corrupt acts. But perhaps the most telling thing about the Bidens is now the New York Times, I believe it was, or Washington Post, one of them wrote a story about the Bidens having six grandchildren. Well, they have seven. And they don't recognize the seventh. That is the four-year-old girl who's the daughter of Hunter Biden's sex partner down in Arkansas. And the Bidens refuse to acknowledge that she's alive and that she's their granddaughter. It's despicable behavior, but it's exactly who Joe Biden and Dr. Jill are. They're hateful, vindictive people. And Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, was asked about this granddaughter 
And once again, of course, she can't respond from here. The story in the New York Times over the weekend about Hunter Biden's daughter in Arkansas. Uh, does the president acknowledge this little girl as his granddaughter? I don't have anything to share from here. <laughs> Why does she get paid? She never has anything to share from here. Why Why is she be getting taxpayer dollars? She doesn't do anything. I have nothing to share from here. She really got caught up in her own uh, importance, didn't she? She said she's an historic figure, but she can't speak from here down to you where you are. You're way down there, and don't you lose place. You're down there, I'm up here. And I can't address that from up here. I'm too impotent. Well, January 4th was a day that all patriots love. And back in 1970, John Wayne put together a 4th of July special. And at the end of that special, he had stars, big and little, and I mean the biggest names of the times, Bob Hope, Roy Clark, Leslie Uggams, Bing Crosby, Dean Martin, Rowan and Martin, both of them. Tommy Smothers, Michael Landon, Lauren Green, Dan Blocker, you name it, whoever was who in Hollywood at that time, Lucille Ball, took part in this final production. And when they pulled out, they individualized each one of them, saying a part of what you're going to hear. And then they zoomed out of the camera shot, and they were all standing on a map of the United States, each one of them in a different region. It was really, really touching. And I thought you might like to hear it, even though the fourth was a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah. And there's one other thing I'll say tomorrow because I say it every day of my life. God bless America.
Well, we welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you on this Thursday morning. Great rendition of God Bless America from John Wayne and all of those stars back in the day. You wouldn't get that many stars today to do it, right? Because they're too liberal. Our good friends at Window World want you to know that your windows in their hands are in the best hands you can find. I have my windows in their hands. I have Window World windows. 314-993-1800 is the number to call. And... Very simply, they will come out and give you a free in-home estimate. They did it for me. They'll do it for you. They'll do it for anybody. And they'll prove to you why they're simply the best for less. That's not just a slogan with them. It's how they do business. That's why they're the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. 314-993-1800 will get you that free free in-home estimate. Free. I love that word, free. By the way, they offer you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. And Window World can do that because they use double-strength glass. It's not an upsell. It's not an extra charge. It's not an add-on. That's their window, double-strength glass. Now, if you want to price them versus the competition, we've already done it for you. Some of our listeners have done it as well. If you get the same amount of windows, the same kind of windows from Window World and from the competition and price them, you'll pay one-third less if you buy Window World than if you buy the competition, one-third less. I've tried to break their windows, crack them, crease them, dent them. I've jumped on them. I've kicked them. Couldn't do it. Couldn't damage them in any way. And Window World offers you 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. That is the Window World number, and you'll be very happy. Were you able to recognize a lot of those voices during that God Bless America rendition? Certainly Dean Martin. I'm sure everybody could recognize his voice for sure. But after all those years, a lot of those voices are recognizable to this day. Dino is unmistakable. Absolutely unmistakable. Our phone lines are open for you, 636 348 Six three six three four eight four four six zero. If you want to weigh in on any of our topics, I got a tip yesterday that this movie Sound of Freedom is supposed to really be good. At first, I was resisting going to it because it's about child trafficking, and that would be depressing for me. And then I found out that it's done in a spectacular way. And I didn't know this, but Disney originally was going to uh, distribute it. But they backed out when all the Hollywood people protested. Now, why would all the Hollywood people protest? Well, it's common knowledge that Hollywood is an oasis for child traffickers. It makes you wonder who's hiding behind that mask of being a child sex trafficker in Hollywood. Who is it? Is it one of our favorite stars? Is it 10 of our favorite stars? Do we have any favorite stars anymore? Because the people in Hollywood are so despicable. So Sound of Freedom is a movie that I recommend, having not having seen it yet, but based on the recommendation I've gotten from a couple of different people, I'm going to see it this weekend. I'll report back with my, I'll dutifully report back to you. And I'm looking forward to it. It's not often you look forward to a movie with that subject matter. But 
it is interesting that Disney passed on it. That kind of arouses my interest. 636-348-4460. You know, the thing that makes me happy about all of these court cases coming against Biden is that we are finally seeing a stand taken for the rule of law. Biden and his creepy criminal cohorts are always telling us, well, the, we stand for the rule of law, but you never do. We've said that many times. They do not stand for that. In fact, they the only law they care about is whatever law they draft because they violate every law on the books. They violate the Constitution left and right. They don't care. What they don't point out to you and what they try to disguise uh, to you is, is somehow Republicans doing something when the Supreme Court rules against Biden. It's not Republicans. It's a court of nine people sworn to uphold the Constitution. People need to understand that. All you, all you people out there who might be listening who are pro-abortion and you blame Republicans for the Dobbs case. The Dobbs case is not a political case, not at all. The liberals want you to believe it is because they don't have anything else to run on. So they run on murder. But I just want to pound home the the principle that the Supreme Court rules not on popular opinion. Biden keeps saying, well, they're ruling against what people want. First of all, they're not. A majority of people supported the Dobbs case. A majority of people support these cases now that, he, that they decided last week. But, at, but that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter whether the public supports it or not. They are not guided by public opinion. They're guided by the Constitution. Interesting, huh? And in that Constitution... There is nothing said about abortion. Therefore, it's a state's rights issue. So knock it off, but you're going to hear that baloney. When you hear it, tell people that you know that's not true. This is not a case of public opinion. It's not a case of Republicans versus Democrats. It's a case of ruling according to the Constitution. Did you see that story that uh, Robert De Niro's grandson sold fentanyl-laced pills? Yeah, that Robert De Niro. The guy who, among other liberals, has threatened to beat up President Trump. Have any of the Republicans ever threatened to beat up feeble Biden or Bill Clinton or Obama, skinny boy? No, of course not, because they don't act like that. Only thug liberals act like that. Biden wants to take Trump out behind the woodshed. You know, you really should have rethought that comment. I would pay to see it. I don't care about Elon Musk and Zuckerberg fighting. But if you could somehow arrange a cage match between Biden and Trump, I'd pay. What an ass-whipping that would be. But he's a tough guy, you know, because he took on, what, what, was, what was the guy playing with the hair on his legs? I mean, who knows, the guy's so perverted. Corn Pop. Corn Pop was a tough dude. I got news for you. Joe Biden's never been in a fight in his lifetime. I'm not advocating that you go out and get into a fist fight, but most guys my age grew up at a time when you did get into a fight from time to time. It wasn't just an argument. There were takedowns. But I guarantee you Joe Biden was never involved in one.
and he's a lot older than we are. Because if someone would have challenged him to a fight, you would have only seen his back. He would have been running so fast. And so the bigot in chief continues his racist ways in the White House, and the black community just won't wake up. 636-348-4460. If you want to join in any of our conversations today regarding the court cases, regarding Stephen Smith's bigotry, I can't believe you can get away with that, that ESPN would put up with that. I really can't. That's shocking to me. And he is a bigot, man. Whew. I don't think you can be a bigger bigot than Biden is. So what will today tell us? Will they tell us, hey, we found somebody? Can you imagine the meetings going on right now at the White House? Hey, look, we gotta we got to identify somebody's cocaine owner. Who are we going to pick? They're going to find out or find some lowly bum and pin it on him. But you can only imagine the panic that's going on there. I won't comment on it from here. So when you're not commenting on it from there, that means we know who did it. Let's always never forget that it was Joe Biden who essentially admitted that he's corrupt years and years ago. I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt, but I'm thank you for that. The system does produce corruption, and I think implicit in the system is corruption. Implicit in the system is corruption. So it sounds like he's kind of justifying it, didn't he? That was back in the day when he was running for Senate. I'm not so sure you'd assume I'm not corrupt. Who says that? He wasn't even demented yet. I mean, that's really crazy. But he admitted it. You notice there was no coercion. There was no tempting him. That was all Joe Wuhan Willie O'Talibiden. Goofy stuff. So no big events for the president today. There never are. You just kind of sit back and hold your breath waiting for the next shoe to drop on this cocaine issue, though. And here's the reason that the media won't let it die. It's not that the media is so good at its job. It's not that the liberal media has all of a sudden come around because they haven't. It's really not even that the media wants to get to the bottom of this case and get justice done. What it's all about for the media is they know how shameful they'll look if they don't keep pushing to identify who this is. I mean, this cocaine bag wasn't too far from the press briefing room. If the map of the Oval Oval Office area is correct that I saw. But then again, I'm not a treasure hunter, so I don't know that I can follow maps very well. But they they have to keep asking about it because they've already begun the process of trying to find out who it was. So if they all of a sudden just quit, people are paying attention. People want to know whose cocaine that was. And most people don't find it funny like CNN does. 
I certainly don't. Not a bit. But CNN does. Yes, sir, they do. Think about when you grew up watching Walter Cronkite, John Chancellor, Huntley Brinkley, Peter Jennings, Frank McGee, all the great newscasters of our day. And then compare them to what you see today. I mean, it's really sad. For a news junkie like me, it's doubly sad. I mean, I have to sit there and see Willie Geist. Willie Geist, while he lies through his teeth about Donald Trump the meanie spaghetti. That's essentially what he was saying. Donald Trump's a meanie. He wasn't very nice to Lindsey Graham. And, of course, none of that was true. I felt like Trump actually compromised himself by aligning himself with Lindsey Graham. I'm not much of a Lindsey Graham guy. But I think this is all going to get very interesting as we go through the next six months. Because I think what's going to happen is the Biden people are starting to fear any indictments they brought against President Trump. And the reason they're starting to fear it is because there are certain levels of the judiciary that perhaps aren't quite as corrupt as the rest. And they're getting a good dose of that right now. And that kind of scares them. Now, that's not saying that they're going to dismiss the cases. They're not. But the judge might. She could easily dismiss the case. But either way, I don't think the government has a leg to stand on. Now, it's going to come down to a jury trial, which is going to take a long time in both of those cases. But I don't think Trump loses either one of them. And even if he did, it would go up on appeal. So you're not going to get rid of Donald Trump. That's not going to happen. The only way they can rid themselves of Donald Trump is to beat him in an election. Now, they're going to try to cheat to do that. And again, the Republicans must remain vigilant. Because that's how it's going to go down. No doubt in my mind. All right, folks, we're going to cut out a little bit early today because we're going to get prepared for the noon show, the sports show, and we've got some other things we've got to do from a legal standpoint for some clients. And we'll be back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning, though, right here in the window world, stl-cars.com, Kings Court. Don't forget the Monster, Monster Energy drink, Kings Court, coming your way at noon right here. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.